Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? David, you wanted to record on a day without a game, right? You're right. You did it. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. How about that? You did it. Yeah. Didn't didn't uh, plan to, but uh, it did work out that way with with the Heat's game against the Spurs being postponed. Yep. Uh, we are here. It is 5.42 p.m. Uh, on the East Coast. Um, glad I uh, audibled and did not make the trip to San Antonio. Uh, today I was supposed to do the uh, New Orleans, San Antonio, El Paso swing for the Herald going from Dolphins Monday Night Football to this random uh, heat game that you weren't going to travel to and then uh, to the Sun Bowl. Uh, two out of three postponed slash withdrawn from whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I think I made the right move by not making that trip. Um, instead, uh, Miami is dealing with a, you know, the story that it's obviously going to be lumped in with the COVID stuff. And that's obviously why this game ultimately is being postponed. Uh, but we, when we keep saying it's like it's a COVID postponement, it's as much the injury the heat has yeah. right now. Um, you know, they, their COVID outbreak is, you know, big at this point, but it's not like, it's not the Bulls, right? When we, basically the first team that was dealing with this, where it was 10 plus guys in, in protocol and a new addition every day, um, you know, for the Heat, it's a handful of guys, including like Zylan Cheatham, like a guy who like has never set foot in Miami, basically. Right. Um, like, and then obviously all the injuries the Heat is dealing with. Um, kind of felt like we were going, this was going to, be an inevitability as the day went on when it just like you were kind of counting like can they get a guy to come from Austin fast enough can they get a I don't know can can they pull a guy out of the crowd is is that guy what's what's that guy's three-point percentage from the corner can he can he stand there how does he have any uh high school huddle film we can watch um but ultimately we wind up uh with the NBA postponing heat Spurs, I think, what, the 10th postponement of the season uh, for COVID-related reasons. Um, and it just kind of feels like we're going to have a couple more of these, right? Not maybe – who knows what the Heat's going to look like on Friday. I guess we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit here, whether that game in uh, Houston on New Year's Eve is going to be played. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the way the, – the changing of the COVID protocols where it's only going to be the five-day – or six-day, right, uh, quarantine period, uh, will help avoid a long stoppage, but we're still going to get some of these, and, and it kind of over the last couple of days felt like an inevitability unless a couple of things broke right for the Heat. And the injuries really are ultimately kind of will put this one over the top. Yeah, I mean, the Heat have six players in protocols, and six players are ruled out because of injury. Yeah. Um, so pretty much equal, although... You know, I don't know. I mean, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy's obviously one of those six players who who were ruled out because of injury, tweaked his ankle late in Tuesday's win over the Wizards. I don't know. This is me talk, thinking out loud here. If he would have played, maybe under normal circumstances, uh, especially you know, back to back. So I don't know. If, I don't think that's a long term issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bam has been hurt now for a few weeks. Obviously, he's not returning for until mid January. Dwayne Dedman is out. Uh, Markeith Morris hasn't played in almost two months. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor Oladipo hasn't played all season. Casey Opala injured his wrist on a fall um, in Tuesday's win over the Wizards as well. So, yeah, I mean, 
if the Heat only had one or two guys out because of injury, they probably would have played this game um, because they would have had enough. But uh, the combination of this outbreak that the Heat is facing right now, which I think is the bigger concern because, you you know, you just don't know. Right, that can keep spreading. That could keep spreading. Um, It's continued to spread. I think the last three or four days there's been, you know, at least one more positive test, um, whether it's in the roster or around the team, you know, there's an assistant coach like Karan Butler who's who's in protocols and uh, head trainer Jay Sables in protocols. There's, you know, people around the Heat that work for the organization that have also tested positive in recent days. Um, so it, it seems to be like a little outbreak, obviously, going around the team. Um, and you just don't know where that's going to lead to in the next few days. You know, I think the thinking right now, which we'll get into in a little bit, but I think the thing right now is the Heat should have enough Friday against yeah, the Rockets. As long as the cases don't spread, right? And as long as the cases don't spread and as long as, you know, Jimmy can play on that ankle injury, you know, if KZ can come back from the wrist injury, that would be a big help too. I mean, PJ, PJ Tucker, you know, he's in protocols now and he's probably going to be out for the next week or so, but it seemed like he was on the cusp of returning. I mean, he was on the trip. He was questionable in two straight games before being ruled out. Um, so it really looked like he was on the cusp of returning. Now he's out, but you'd have to think that once he clears protocols, he'll be ready to play as well. So, you know, the Heat just have to get through this little uh, week or two period where they're dealing with these COVID issues. And, you know, I think you know, Dwayne Dedman could be back by then as well. He's, you know, he's expecting to miss a week or two, and he's already been out for almost a week. Um, so they're, they're going to get guys back. Um, mm-hmm. But right now it's just it's tough sliding for them. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we were going to see guys like Eric Holman suiting up tonight, Kyle yeah. Guy. I like the Kyle Guy pickup, by the way. Um he feels feels like I can't believe the Heat has never had him before. Um, Seems like a Heat guy. Yeah. Um, what do you know about he, Haywood Highsmith? The name sounds made up to me. Haywood Highsmith. It sounds so, like a character. He's from Maryland. Is he really? He's from Baltimore. Yeah. yeah I mean that, that's Maryland. It's not yeah. my neck of Maryland, but yeah. uh, Haywood Highsmith sounds like the name of a character from like Blue Chips or something. Like some basketball, like college basketball or high school basketball movie. Went to Wheeling like a, College. It sounds like a generic, like, just name that's made up in a video game. Well, that's right? been like the, the running yeah. joke of the last yeah. uh, couple of weeks, right? And every time, every time someone says that about a guy, I'm like, hey, that guy was pretty good at, like, Missouri State. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You can't make fun of him. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, even if the game is played Friday, which, again, I think the thinking is it will be. I think they'll find a way. Um, you know, if the Heat have eight, nine guys available, three of them are going to be these um, – COVID-19 replacement players. Yeah, they're going to uh, be have, randos. Yeah, that have never not been around the team this year, obviously. They have not practiced with the team. Uh, by then, they'll have, a, like, maybe a day or two <laughs> with the Heat. Um, and they might be the – that's going to be the bulk of the Heat's bench against uh, Houston <laughs> on, on Friday. So, um, even though this game was postponed today, the Heat are still going to have to face some – a little bit of adversity here and, be you know, play some games down a, a lot of guys um, – now, one interesting thing is uh, Kyle Lowry could be back Friday, which I honestly did not expect um, because I thought he entered protocols last Saturday. And with the new six-day uh, quarantine period, that that would make his quarantine – so kind of technicalities here. But when you enter protocols, it's considered day zero. So the first day is actually the day after. So if he had entered protocols on Saturday, his quarantine would have lasted through Friday. But he actually, I found out today, entered protocols on the Thursday. Um, that's when he tested positive. Sorry, on the Friday. That's when he tested positive. So mm-hmm. he actually will clear protocols 
Um, he should, he could, if he meets the testing criteria right. um, for Friday's game against the Rockets. So that would be another body that he would add, and an important one at that. If you have Kyle and you have Jimmy, then you have a chance against Houston, obviously. So, um, you know, that'll be a thing to watch for the next 48 hours. You know, can the Heat get Kyle back? Does he meet the testing criteria uh, to clear protocols and return to the team? Yeah. I mean, it's also, like, worth noting, like, the Heat, it, it's not a great situation they're in, but it's not a unique situation. No. You're playing a bunch of random guys, like, I know the Heat have like felt like they've been playing random guys all year um, because of some of the injuries they've had. But like, I mean, you look at some of the guys who were on that Wizards bench last night. Like, there were eight guys out because of protocols last yeah, night. Yeah, like that team was missing everyone basically. Yeah. Um, you know, they had a couple of their regular guys in there, but like their be- like the, the starting lineup looked like you know real. But then you looked at, like a Lee's Johnson, a bunch of like guys who like. You know, never played an NBA game before, and and you know the Heat have gotten some wins because of that. Uh, it's helped them get. We talked about it last week. It, it's helped it, the timing of their really shorthanded stretch they've been in here has synced up nicely with a, a time when the rest of the league is feel. It feels like everyone's dealing with this, um, but at the same time, um, you know the Heat are, are I think very well equipped to win in a situation like this because. Um, one, it just seems like they get the most out of these guys through their coaching. Yeah. Um, and, you know, two, when you have either Jimmy Butler or Kyle Lowry out there, that, those guys are in, like, the top 1% of the league in terms of just, like, orchestrators, right? Just guys who they're going to get guys good looks. Um, you know, in the non-LeBron division, like, uh, are there two guys you would rather have than those guys? I mean, like, Giannis, I guess, yeah. maybe, like. Maybe James Harden, just it's not going to be fun to watch, but it's going to be effective. Like, yeah. yeah, Kevin Durant, because he can just shoot every time. Um, but, yeah, like those guys are in that elite tier, and they're guys who, unlike some of those other guys who are score-first type of guys, they're going to empower everyone around them, um, which is why basically no matter – as long as Jimmy Butler plays on Friday, I, I'm going to expect the Heat to win against a bad Rockets team, right? But – um, it's not going to be easy, and it's probably going to come down to the wire. But you know, when you have a guy like that, it changes a lot. Yeah, and I think you make a good point there. I think the Heat have benefited from a lot of uh, different COVID issues around the league. I mean, you look at Orlando a few weeks ago. Yes, the Heat should be Orlando in a normal circumstance anyway. But Orlando was basically in the same situation he were in today, and they were forced to sign basically four guys from Lakeland, their mm-hmm. G League team hours before the game and right. drive them to Orlando to play the game. And the Heat obviously won by double digits. Um, they took advantage of that situation. And, you know, I know I've gotten some comments on Twitter from people not in Miami. I think people in Miami wanted this game to be canceled because that would help the Heat. But other people saying, you know, why did the Heat get, the ch- get their game postponed, but other teams have to play um, and sign G League guys to get in, a g- get in the game? From what I understand, I think the NBA was going to make the Heat do that, and that's what the Heat were doing by signing these, you know, right. three guys that haven't formally been signed yet, but they they're on their way to being signed by the Heat to help get play this game and have the eight guys needed. But um, I think one or two of the guys had trouble clearing protocols in time. So once that happened, the NBA was like, "All right, <laughs> this is not going the way it's planned. Like it's it's just we're going to have to postpone it." So I think. Initially, they thought they were going to be able to get the game in. Um, they were trying to do that, but they ran into even more challenges, uh, even with the replacement players. 
Yeah, it's uh, I, I was talking about this today. Uh, that you know how in hockey they have the emergency goalies. Are you aware of this thing that exists in hockey? Where That's like, a goalie. <laughs> in every yeah, rink, I know. I know in yeah. every rink, the uh, like the rink provides like an emergency backup goalie. Like there's a guy who, if one team both their goalies get hurt and they need to finish the game, they pull this guy out of the stands. Basically, right. um, I think every arena should have like three emergency players available. Like just <laughs> like for the Heat, uh, you just find Ray Allen and two other guys who live in Miami <laughs> as like. The emergency players. So, like, if the Heat is missing two guys, that if they need two guys to get to eight, they can suit up Ray Allen and Mario Chalmers or someone else. Shane Battier. Yeah, yeah. Or Shane Battier. Well, he worked for the Heat, right? So, it's, yeah. does he not work for the Heat anymore? I don't even remember. He's technically, I think, still an employee, but yeah. So it'd be a little trickier with him, but yeah. um, Ray Allen and Michael Beasley, and then. Uh, but then if the other team is need you know, they need a, a guard for the night, Ray Allen suits up for them. I think that's how we should do it. Give every arena a couple of players that are just on call. To I think it. Miami would have an advantage for sure. Um along with like LA and New York, right? Right. The big uh, like it's gonna be a lot harder, no offense yeah. to the lovely city of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, but like I don't know who your guys are gonna be there. I mean, maybe you could assign G League guys, right? Like your G League guys could be yeah. fill in that role too. Um, I mean, that's another thing. We, we joke about Sioux Falls a lot, right, how Miami is, has all these G-leaguers that are pining to get to Miami so they can get out, get to the NBA so they can get out of Sioux Falls and get to Miami. But, you know, like you said, the, the Magic have this nice, you know, I guess it's debatable how beneficial it is, but they're in a nice situation where they can call a guy over from Lakeland, which is a 40-minute right. drive away. Um, or for Miami, if they're, you know, they're, they're pulling in totally random guys guys who haven't been, like, with the organization at all to uh, fly in and, and fill in. Yeah, it's a tough spot. I mean, it, it seemed like the Heat were really going to have to just, you know, in order to play this game, just look at Austin, the Austin Spurs roster and just pick three guys, right? Yeah, just, like, at random, it almost felt like. Yeah, and it's kind of, I, like, I get why the NBA wants to play these games, right? I understand. This is a business. I, I think we can't be naive about that. Um and, you know, this is not heat magic where you can easily reschedule a game because they're so close to each other. Right. The Heat are, I mean, once they play against the, the Rockets on Friday, if that game is played, they'll be done in Texas. That's it. They were to play Dallas. Um, that would be their game against Houston. They'll be done. So in order to find a window where you could play against the Spurs and go to San Antonio is not going to be easy. And it probably will require... Um, some inconvenience for the Heat, um, where maybe instead of a, a a break in between games, they have to play another back to back, or you might have to play three games in four nights later in the season if mm-hmm. you, if that game is played. So it's not. I mean, I, I don't know right now what the NBA is thinking as far as rescheduling that game. I think the plan is to reschedule that game, um, but when you look at the when you look at the schedule, it's not going to be an easy task. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think the hope right now is that uh, Omicron variant is spreading so rapidly that this is going to be a uh, relatively short wave, right? Some of these waves, it feels like, go on for months. This one, yeah. I think there's some optimism that it's going to – obviously, it's already spiking to unprecedented degrees in terms of case numbers. Obviously, at this point, case numbers is not the most important thing, although for the NBA's purposes – it essentially is because they're having guys sit out anytime they test positive. Um, but if there's some optimism, I think that this passes relatively quickly. And then maybe by after the all-star break, we're back to where we were at the start of the year where uh, it felt like a single COVID case. Like that would have been like the biggest story, right? If, if some random guy tested positive, now it's, now it's every day. It's impossible. Uh, our friend of the show, Tim Reynolds has done a, a good job tracking the number of, players who have played NBA games this year and kind of chronicling on on Twitter. And it's pretty staggering. I think we're at over 500 guys who have suited up in a game so far in December. Um, I think he he tweeted the other day, we've already hit the record for most players to ever suit up in a single NBA season. Uh, And again, we're not even at the new year yet. It's um, honestly like, it's kind of incredible. This is the first time we were, it's this week has felt like the first time the heat was really hurt by um, players being out due to COVID. Before that, you know, we, we had the Caleb Martin thing we talked about a few weeks ago, and, you know, somehow that didn't affect anyone else at the time, right? They, they That was the only positive case. They they were shorthanded because of injuries that week, but um, it, it did not turn into this outbreak in the way that now uh, the, the current situation with the Heat is. Yeah, I think some of that is these positive cases have, kind of brought upon enhanced testing for the team, right? right? And that uncovers more things. Like, you know, the the Heat did have to test after Caleb Martin tested positive. I think it was a one-day thing, and they were done, right? Yeah. Um, That could have still been Delta, which is not as contagious. True. That's a good point. Yeah. And now Um, it seems like this is definitely – I mean, we don't know for sure, but – Yeah, it just – With how contagious this is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's – you know, I don't know. I mean, I want to ask you, David. Like, I know this is kind of a – polarizing topic um and i don't mean to put you on the spot but what are your thoughts on like you know spose made a pretty big point of you know these guys are asymptomatic and you know like max Struess yesterday i was at the game actually he was warming up like 45 minutes before um the game with his mask on you know doing his going through his pregame routine um and someone came out and kind of waved him in and said uh you, you need to get off the court like right now yeah um and he's like, what? You know, he was like very confused and supposed said after the game that Max was a hundred percent. He's like, I don't get it. Like, why? Why am I? Why am I leaving the court? Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys, yeah, some of them feel mild symptoms, but others don't feel anything, and they're having to miss a week, two weeks. In Caleb Martin's case, a little over two weeks. I mean, what are your thoughts on kind of the case of? Well, they're a hundred percent. Like, do they really have to sit out ten days? 
Um, yeah, well, I think the, the changing of the protocol – I mean, you saw it came basically the same day as the CDC changing yeah. the guidelines where we're going down to five-day quarantines, which, you know, I was in New York over Christmas, and as people who follow the news know, like, a lot, there's a lot of cases there, and it felt like I was up with uh, my wife and her family and, you know, trying to see a couple, like, friends and family friends, and felt like everyone we talked to was, like, someone in that household had tested positive, and – in a lot of cases, um, maybe one person felt symptoms, which is obviously how a lot of this kind of starts, these outbreaks. And then everyone else was like, didn't, you know, t- maybe tested positive and didn't have any symptoms. Um, and I think the, I think the NBA, the fact that they're, I think short, it, it kind of felt like they had to start shortening those, those quarantine periods, assuming that's what, you know, I'm not a scientist, but just the way, it was working where like felt like you were not contagious unless you had those symptoms. And for a lot of people, it sounds like who are vaccinated and boosted and all that stuff, or even the ones who get symptoms are getting it for a day and then it's over. Um, so I, I think just shortening the number of, of days will go a long way. The NBA where you do feel, you know, you want to feel like you're doing the right thing. Right. And I'm sure these guys feel the same way where it's like, I, there's, I mean, it's been a two-year thing now, basically, of not knowing what the right thing to do is in a lot of situations. And, you know, when it felt like the right thing to do was to, when you test positive and don't have any symptoms, to stay at home for 10 days, it, I don't know, like, it felt like you you did it because it was, you were told it was the right thing to do, but uh, it's a lot harder to do the right thing when it's something like that, as opposed to a five-day you can really feel like, all right, I'm just doing my, I'm being cautious, making sure no one else gets it. So I think the the shortening of the the quarantine period is going to go a long way toward um, making the NBA and and some, you know, Spoh's been uh, has been outspoken about it a little bit, and a lot of guys have been like, why, like you said, guys are like, I'm not, I have no symptoms, why do I have to sit out? I think the the five day quarantine is kind of a nice happy medium, basically there. Um, but again, we are going to get to a point where it's like, if you have no symptoms and so many people have had it and or are vaccinated or like if you're not vaccinated, like it's your fault, right? Eventually, like if, if you get it, like I, I we can't right. keep worrying about you. Um, but I think for now the five day thing works. I wonder if we get later in the year um, when you know, the cases are not spiking quite like this and we're not worried about hospitals being overrun and things like that anymore. If you could even, like you said, maybe, maybe tight or lessen the restrictions even more um, and really start treating it like the flu or whatever, um, where if you have symptoms, you're not going to play, but if uh, you're, there's a very low, if there's a very low chance that you, if you're asymptomatic and there's a very low chance that you're going to pass it to someone else who will then become symptomatic like eventually, I think whether it's next year what the rules are going to be or, or later this season, the rules are going to have to change because we obviously just can't do this forever. And eventually, the math and the science are going to tell us when to do that. I think, uh, but I, I sympathize with these guys because I think a lot of people in all walks of life are going through this right now, where you don't really you want to feel like you're doing the right thing, but you're not 100 percent sure what the right thing really is to do. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a confusing time, and I think. I think also the, the variable in all this is that we don't, like, we don't have all the information yet, right? I mean, this variant is new. Um, 
it's obviously a little different, more contagious. The effects are different. Right. I mean, it's a very it looks like more mild, um, but you just don't know. I mean, you just don't know. So yeah, you just you just don't know what the yeah how contagious you are if you are asymptomatic. So like it's just a lot of you know. I think maybe in a year we'll have a better you know, or even a few months we'll have a better handle on it. Uh, but my thing with with the NBA at least is, I think you said a six day quarantine is probably a good thing um, for for the league. Um, but I wonder how many guys and how doable reaching that testing criteria will be. Like I've heard from some people that there have been very few guys who under this new system would have been able to be cleared after six days because you have to reach like a certain level of like the viral load to be cleared after six days. Um, So I'm curious. I mean, it's so new that we don't know yet, but I'm curious, like with Kyle, for instance, Mm -hmm. will he be able to be cleared Friday or will he need to wait? It might not be 10 days, but he might need to wait eight or nine days um, to, to reach that number. Right. So I think that's something worth monitoring because again, I've heard from a few people that say it's not going to be that easy. Yeah. Um, to reach that level by after six, you know, after just six days. Yeah, that's a good point because I think a lot of the people who you know in in normal life are going to be uh, affected by the five day. You know, most people you you hear but you you hear you were exposed, you get tested once. If you have it, mm-hmm. you start to quarantine. If you never feel symptoms, like you're just going to go back to daily life, right? You're not necessarily going to go get that second test to tell you that that you're fine now. Um, but in the NBA, where the, they have a you know, maybe your office will tell you to or whatever, but like, you know, the NBA, it, it's such a tight, you know, they've, they've got pretty strict, stringent rules. They've, they've been as strict as basically anyone with the testing procedures since, you know, they, they did a bubble, right? They were the first ones to, them in the NHL, like, they've been on the forefront of, I think, taking it seriously and finding ways to continue operating the league while taking it seriously. And, um, you know, as we've heard a million times over the last two years, it's like we're learning constantly. And um, at, at a certain point, like I said, right now, it's I, I really I get I really get the caution that a lot of people have in the world right now um, because of how the cases are spiking. Right. And it feels like if you're ever in a in the, if you're in a regular restaurant, an indoor sitting indoors at a restaurant, the normal, you know, not not a packed restaurant, not a empty restaurant, like a normal, like what it would look like on a given night, feels like there's a pretty good chance you might come, you might get it, right? Even if you're vaccinated, just because it feels like you're, there's probably someone in there, just the way the numbers are right now. Um, and everyone's going to have different risk uh, levels. Uh, they're they're going to have different risk tolerances of whether that means that I'm just not going to go to restaurants or I'm going to wear my mask all the time or if I'm going to only sit outside or I'm going to sit in my house for the next three weeks and let this blow over. Um, but the NBA, because they're in charge of a thousand people, right? You know, between players and coaches and COVID replacements and people who work for the teams, like they have to be, they're a huge business. They have to really, and they're a huge business where people interact closely. Um, they have to be cautious, right? They have to be. And I think for the next couple of months, while this is a situation where they're, there are going to be certain people who feel the need to be really cautious. You've got to take that into account. Yeah, and three other points I want to make, actually. Um, it just seems like every team is going to be impacted by this, right? I mean, at some point or the other, like even before the Heat ran into their issues, I was like, it's only a matter of time because, yeah. so you said, I, they, they 
he dodged a bullet with Caleb, right? He he tested positive, but nobody else or nobody, no other player did. Um, but this time it, it got them, and it just seems like you know most teams have already been impacted. It feels like, but um, if they ha- if, if a team hasn't yet or just minimally, it, it's it's bound to happen at some point just because of how contagious this is. Two, um, how bad is it right right now in the NBA? The G League paused its season because it just doesn't seem to have enough players to even play because well, there's so many. They're all playing in the guys. NBA now. Yeah, they're all playing in the NBA. <laughs> so that kind of shows you right there. And third, you know, I'm sure Gabe did not want this outcome, Gabe Vincent, but he had a really smart move yesterday on Tuesday night after the after the Heat game against the Wizards. He chose to do a rapid test after the game um, just out of caution. He didn't have to. Mm-hmm. He, they were The team just did, a, I think they did a PCR test that night, but they weren't going to get the results until San Antonio. He said, look, for San Antonio, I would like to get a rapid test. I guess I think the three the players he guarded in the previous three games all tested positive. He obviously has teammates who have tested positive. Yeah. Uh, did the rapid test, came back positive, and is in Miami right now at home quarantining instead of in a hotel room in San Antonio. So um, smart move by Gabe Vincent. I wanted to point that out because he is not stuck in a hotel room for a week uh, in San Antonio. Yeah. I, mo- most of all, it's just – I, I hate that we're going through all this again, right? Where, yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, the NBA does not seem like it's going to pause this season, uh, which I think is ultimately a good thing, right? It's the I know this is skewing results right now or whatever. Um, it's a good thing, definitely a good thing. We have the play-in tournament again this year, um, but just kind of generally, I mean, we have seen how these altered seasons have affected just compound with each other, right? Where the bubble season, like the short layoff, it's clearly affected the next year. And then that rapid fire season um, seems like we've finally gotten past like the effects of that. But I, I think just getting through a season normally, even if it's like this uh, is a pretty important step. And you know what? The, the Spanish flu lasted, I think like exactly two years. So, uh, there. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a sign of hope, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I asked Eric Spolster a question yesterday. I said, yeah, I know you guys have been dealing with this two, for two years almost, but this phase of the pandemic, while, you know, there are some positives against the glean, you know, things are more mild, more people are obviously vaccinated and boosted, mm-hmm. but it does seem like a pretty unique phase of the pandemic just because I don't remember even during the worst times so many people that I know testing yeah. positive and just so many people around you, like that you work with, that you encounter with on a daily basis on the news, like celebrities, athletes, it just, it seems like everybody is uh, testing positive. Um, it's a really unique um, phase that we're in. Um, but you said, hopefully this might be the beginning of the end, maybe since we reached that two year mark, um, but we'll see. But yeah, I, I don't get any sense in the NBA that they're pausing the season at all. Um, it seems like it's full steam ahead. Whatever needs to be done to play these games, do it. If you need to postpone a game, fine, but we'll make it up, you know, in whatever in a, in a couple months. Um, and I think the hope is, like, you know, like you said as well, that this will kind of be done quicker than expected because it is spiking so fast and it is so contagious that maybe you get to February, March, and things are calm again. Um, and especially about the playoffs in April, May. Yeah, that, that's ultimately what really matters, right? Like yes. we're, we're in the dog days anyway, right? That stretch between the Christmas games and 
the All-Star game is always, like, the worst part of the season. Like, this is different, obviously. Like, I don't want to compare this to, like, just when guys are, like, taking a lot of maintenance days or whatever. But, like, this is always the stretch of the year where guys are taking some breaks and guys are kind of coasting through games and not really trying on defense. And um, so it's it's good that it's happening at this time, I think. Yeah, I think it has to happen yeah. at any time. Obviously, yeah. you're not, not to happen at all, but better, better now, now than at any point for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And yeah, I mean the heat again. The heat are going through it right now, but you know, once this run, it's, once this runs its course, you, you know, they'll, they'll move past it just like other teams have. Um, and then you know, you move on, and you know, in February, in January, by the end of January, just think about this: in a month, this team could be at full strength. Finally, uh, yeah. it feels like we haven't seen this team at full strength in forever. Like, when's the last time Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle played in the game together? I don't even know. It must have been that that Chicago game right before Thanksgiving, but it's been over a month, um, and they won't play together again for at least another few weeks. So um, I, I think, you look, as a Heat fan, you look toward that, um, and you're optimistic, especially with how they're winning um, without a lot, of, a lot of their key players. In the meantime... Uh the Heat have been kind of like it's been fun, right? The last uh, little stretch here where it feels again the Heat have. I think we we love watching the Heat win with a bunch of like random guys and none of their stars out there. There are obviously going against to against teams that are also missing a lot of important guys, but uh, like I said, the Heat are well equipped for a stretch like this, and and it's kind of like the Heat, the version of the Heat that I think people like the most that that we get to watch right now. Yeah, um, a bunch of undrafted guys doing Heat things. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's yeah. pretty much what the Heat are right now. And, yeah, I mean, you have Tyler Hero and Jimmy also leading the way. Um, right, but, which helps. <laughs> which helps. And Jimmy just came back. I mean, he'd have been winning without him. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, weeks, they won but, eight of their last ten, and he's missed, I think, all but one of yeah. those games, all but two of those games. I mean, again, we're gonna, I'm gonna re- I know we talked about this last week, but I'm going to revisit what we said when Bam got hurt, just hover around 500. They're now 9-5 and five without Bam. yeah. And, again, yeah. I know the schedule has not been the toughest. I know that some of the opponents they've played have been very shorthanded because of injuries and COVID issues. Um, but the Heat have also been very shorthanded during that stretch. I mean, they've again, they've missed Jimmy and Bam for most of that time. Um, PJ's missed a few game, a handful of games now. Um, Tyler missed, Tyler missed a, uh, three or four games. Um, they've missed a lot of their key players, um, at least two starters in all of those games, and they've still found a way to win a lot of, <laughs> during this stretch, which again probably will be the difference down the you know down the road between home court and maybe finishing in a five seed. So um, yes, this is a tough part of the season, um, and this road this road trip may be may end up being a tough one for the Heat um, because they are so shorthanded and being on the road is not easy. Um, they have a set, well now it's like it's a six game trip, not seven games, but they built up so much equity here over the past few weeks that. The beauty of it is they can afford, you know, a three and four, or now I guess two and, what is it, a two and four trip or three and three trip. Like they can afford that because they've won so much, um, you know, over the last few weeks. Yeah, they've they've done exactly what they needed to do and then some. And yeah, it afford like we said, seven, I guess six game road trip now coming up. Yeah, um, I don't know. it's, it's all confusing. 
Yeah. And honestly, they've earned a slide somewhere. They've earned a losing streak somewhere. Yeah, definitely. It's, and it's going to happen. I mean, even when healthy, like those, it, it's a long season. We've talked, right. you know, I mean, it's, it's a, long, lows, a but, long road trip. It's hard. Yeah. And I, I honestly cannot draw anything from this retro games. Like, I don't – this is not the real heat, right? They're right. not going to shoot 40 And they're playing against teams. teams that are mostly not the real whatever. Opponent, they're, right. Yeah. I think my only takeaway from these last three weeks to a month is, again, the heat's depth is much better than we thought. I think that's it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's been, like, the say. story, I think, beyond, uh, like – the obvious, like, the COVID is the story. But yeah. it's been the story in a lot of ways. Yeah, they, every player on the roster is pretty much a functional NBA player and can help you in some way. Um, I'm not saying I didn't think that before, but I just did not expect, like, you know, my preseason prediction, by the way, Omar Yurtseven, a finalist for Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me right or not, but that's definitely uh, – that definitely like that would have been prediction. that would have been a bold prediction. That, that was my Omer bold Yurt, prediction. That Omer Yurtseven will be the uh, finalist, <laughs> finalist. For conference player of the week at some point in the season. God, and I can't believe it. And I, I, you know, he's had a good year, but it's still considering like it might not have been as you know not have started as fast as you, as we thought. He might not have played as much as we thought early in the year. But for him to reach that point now is is a little bit surprising, just because again he hasn't always been in the rotation. He's had his struggles. He hasn't been perfect. Um, but you see the natural talent. I mean, his Omar Yurtseven is a rebounder. Yeah, he was a he was a big time recruit. I think we talked about this in our summer league podcast. Like he's he's like a talented guy. That's it's 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 for real with him. Yeah, and the Heat develop these undrafted guys just based on hard work sometimes, and they might not be as talented, but they just find something in it and they and they you know they turn him into a quality NBA player. Omar Yurtseven actually has a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what he could turn into in the Heat system. And you could already see it. I mean, he's obviously skilled offensively. Um, but just his rebounding, I think that's been one of the big like a big emphasis with him, especially with Udonis and Malik Allen, just getting him tougher and rebounding in traffic. And, I mean, per 36, he's right up there with the leaders in rebounding. Just cause he, he's obviously he has a knack for the ball. He's big. But then you throw in the fact that, you know, he's learning how to rebound uh, in traffic, and, and that takes it to another level. And then defensively, it's a work in progress, but – Again, we know that he will make him a better defender. I mean, they've done that with pretty much everybody they've had on their team. So, um, you know, will he play a lot when uh, when Bam returns and Dwayne Denman return? Probably not. Uh, but I've already seen some chatter on Twitter of, can we see a Bam out of bio and Omer year seven front court in the playoffs? And it probably won't happen, but it is intriguing at least. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, he'll be following uh, this heat situation all weekend and for the rest of this month and probably into January. So I just want to write about basketball, David. That's it. Yeah. That's all I How have. about that as a New Year's resolution? You get to write about basketball. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. Just, just I want to write about basketball for a week straight. That's all I want. Yeah, feels like a. We did get to do that for, like, the first. Yes. We really did. It feels so long ago now, but, you know, we can get back there, I, I believe. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Uh, I'll be at the Orange Bowl on Friday, um, now that I'm not going to be in El Paso for the Sun Bowl. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of COVID stuff going on. Unfortunately, i got to write about COVID in the Orange Bowl. Uh, 
Friday paper. So uh, are they testing got my own COVID for, stuff for players in the Orange Bowl? Do you know? Uh, no, I think it's the same policy they've had all year, which is like symptomatic. You get tested, but okay. there, there's not like a, everyone gets tested. Okay. Yeah. That makes sorry. Just or I don't think or I don't think that game would happen. Right, that's what I was gonna say. That, that 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 would be a big wild card in in, in a very important game. You know, if they if they just did team wide testing twenty four hours before the game, that would not yeah. be probably that would probably change the the appearance of the game for sure. Yeah. All right, uh, thanks as always for listening, everyone, and uh, we will talk to you all next week.